I really am excited about what the Lord is doing here today. I asked for a whiteboard because what I have to say is on one level very complex. And uh, I really want to, uh, I want you to be impacted by the reality of where we live right now in this day, in this time as we're moving on. In order to do that, we all, the church at large worldwide, we need to shift our understanding of what the world is all about. Uh, they call it a worldview, and we need to get a biblical worldview. And of course, everybody thinks they already have one, and I want to throw a grenade into that today. <coughs> well, we will make this work. Okay. I'm going to read several scriptures, and I'm going to make some statements about a few of them. Every one of them could make a, a three-week series in itself. You guys understand all of that, I'm sure. But uh, I want to start with Ephesians. If you'll just uh, join with me, are we going to have these up on the Oh, there it is, right there. Okay, I'm going to turn around and read that. I've got it right here, but therefore it says, when he ascended on high and led a host of captives, he gave gifts to men. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And I could, I could spend an hour just right there. But I would like for you to flip up there also, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, uh, through the end of the chapter. And we're just going to read through it and move on. Uh, I'll start reading, and hopefully they'll get it up there. Uh, for this reason, Paul is praying. I, well, my bad. <laughs> okay. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. This is Paul's prayer. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And I pause because I want you to let that sink in that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith that you, no, that's you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love 
of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How full is God? That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, if that doesn't shift something deep in you, you didn't get it. <laughs> and I'm not sure I got it yet, so don't feel condemned. Now, to him who is able, how many of you know he's able? To do far more abundantly. No, more than that. Far more abundantly than all that you can ask. I can ask for some pretty amazing things. Far more abundantly than all you can ask. So put everything you can ask for all together in one bag. Far more abundantly than all that you can ask. Well, I can think of some things that I don't dare ask. Far more abundantly than all that you can ask or even think. Now, we're talking about something pretty big here. But watch what he does with that according to the power. At work, where's the power working? Within who? Us. Huh. I thought the power was in him. Yeah. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all the generations forever and ever. Now, as I could spend nine weeks on that. All that you can, abundantly more than all that you can even ask or think. Now, I want to start with a circle, and we're, we're going to be talking about all. And I really want everyone to see this. So this, if you're wondering, is a circle. You got it? Okay. Now, in this circle, we have the living. Now, where we stand today, we're talking about several billion. I really do not know the population of the world, but I know it's several billion. So all of the living all over the world, that's the living. That's big, isn't it? But even whenever we're back to creation, the living, Adam and Eve. But in Adam and Eve is the seed. 
that will produce this billion, two billion, nine billion, whatever it is. It all began with the seed. It all began with a single seed. The living. Now, every day, there are new people born. So they're coming into the circle. And every day, there are people dying. And so, D-Y- I N G. All right. Now, the truth is, the moment you're born, you're already beginning to die. Even as you grow, you're growing toward. I, I used to announce to my class at a certain point whenever I'm teaching in this area, uh, I would show up like uh, in the morning. 8 o'clock class, I have an announcement to make. I have everyone's attention. An announcement. Every one of you guys are going to die. <laughs> you are. We are on our way to that. Now, here's another thing that I want us to put into the mix. There are those who are in the process of dying in the sense that they already have a disease. There are those who are dying emotionally because of trauma. There are dying people all around us. They're not dead. They're dying. So this circle, the living and the dying. But every day, more people die as more people come in, are born. So the specific individuals in this circle changes daily. But this is the living and the dying. Now I'm going to draw another circle. When these people die, they go over into this next circle dead. Dead. Now, Romans chapter 14, 9. Do we have that one up? Yes. I can't turn around and look. They need one back there so I can see. Okay. <laughs> he is the Lord of the living and the dead. That's big. How many people have died since Adam? They're all here, and he loves them. So I guess we could draw this. This is the realm where Jesus is Lord. The living and the dead. Dead people do not avoid the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus, and uh, I don't know where this comes from. He was born into this, the incarnation. Now, where did he come from? 
Well, there's a seed. Where did that seed come from? It came into a human body. Mary was human. A female body, and in her womb is this little bitty thing that we call a fetus. How big is the Lord? He can fit into a uterus. Is this amazing or what? Okay. Now, where did that come from? It didn't, not up there, not down there, not, no, it, from back here. I, I, it came from God. All right. Now, he lived his life on his way to dying. Just like you and I live our lives on the way to dying. And in every respect, he was tempted as all of us yet without sin. And we could spend two hours on that one. But here he is, the life of Jesus, on his way to dying. Now, it's important for me today to make this distinction between dead and dying. Because the cross, he was not dead on the cross. He was dying on the cross. You see that distinction? As soon as he died, they took him down off the cross. And where did they put him? In a grave. In the earth. And the text that we've read so far, he, he who ascended is he who descended. How far deep did he go? Now, notice... When he was born, he became a brother to all the living. Anyone who has ever been a part of this living, he's their brother. And whenever he's on the cross, he becomes a brother of the dying. And if you have something in your body today that is on it pushing you toward death prematurely, he's your brother. He's been there. He is the Lord of the living. He's the Lord of the dying. And he's the Lord of the dead. He is Lord. Okay? Now, he was the dying one. And so we're going to make this a cross. This always happens to me. That's why I like chalk. Yeah. Okay, so there's the cross. And this is the dying one. But he went out of this circle into this circle. How many of you believe he was really dead? Now, I've made this statement here before. Uh, We talk about the grave, the hell, uh, Hades, and all those words. It's the place where dead people live. You remember me saying that? It's It's that place. They're not dead in the sense of they cease to exist. As a matter of fact, uh, 
the, the rich man and Lazarus, that story that Jesus told, uh, they both went into that area where dead people live. And Abraham was having a conversation with the guy that is on the other side in the fire. They were close enough to have a conversation. Oh, boy. So Jesus descended into the grave. Okay, I don't know where we are in terms of which scripture you're supposed to show. Show up the next scripture, whatever it is, and we'll deal with it. What do you have? Hosea? Oh, yeah. Hosea. <laughs> Very interesting statement there. It says, he will revive us or give us life in two days. On the third day, he will raise us up. So what this means for Jesus is he's in the grave for three days. Two of those days, he was dead, whatever that means. But dead, dead, just as dead as anyone else is dead. But he was revived, whatever that means, and I could play with that one for a while too. He was revived before he was raised. And I thought about Lazarus, the guy Jesus raised from the dead. He was dead, but Jesus said he's sleeping. Okay? When he called his name, Lazarus, he woke up. But he's still in the grave. Come forth. He was invited to come out of the grave. So there is a making alive and there is a raising up. Now, I didn't give them this scripture, but the, in Ephesians it says we, were, we died with him, we're buried with him, and we are raised with him. That's not Ephesians. That, that's over there in Romans. But in Ephesians it talks about, uh, well, I've got it open right here. Uh, God being rich in mercy, great love, verse 5 of chapter 2, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive, that step in two days he made alive, together with Christ, by grace we have been saved, and raised us up. So now we're out of the grave, we're raised, but there's another step. And made us to sit with him in heavenly places, whatever that means. And there's another one we could spend a lot of time with. So I want to draw another circle over here. And this is heaven and earth. The new heaven and the new earth where there is no longer a war between heaven and earth. They are finally united. Heaven and earth are united. And I put that in a totally new circle because the new Jerusalem has not yet come down. But we are seated with him somehow or other 
in that new Jerusalem that's going to come down. Even if you are still in the living or even in the dying area, you're not yet dead, you are seated with him in the heavenly places. I told you, it's, it's complex, but you can go home with a picture and meditate for nine years on it. Okay, so Jesus is down in the grave. What is he doing once he is made alive? What did he do for that day that was left? Okay, put up our next one. I can't even keep track of me. Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which, what was he doing? In which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, uh, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water, which he says is like baptism, and he goes on. What on earth did Peter just say? While Jesus is down in the, and, and actually you can go to um, chapter 4, the next one. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead. That though judged in the flesh the way people are, so he makes a distinction when, between people and the dead. That's the difference between the living and the dead. He preached to the dead. Now, don't get mad at me. I did not write First Peter. <laughs> You have to wrestle with Peter. And don't ask me what it means because I don't know either. What I'm trying to impart to you today is this is big. Whenever Jesus came up from the grave... He brought with him the dead who are in Christ. So, let's put another element here. Today, we're living several billion. Some of them are in Christ. Some of them are not. And over here, there are the, and uh, Paul uses the term, the dead in Christ. They're dead but they are in Christ. Now, how long is this three days in the realm of the dead? And I think this is where the truth of uh, God's understanding of time really counts. A day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. How long was this three days? Time is not a point. There are billions down there who have not yet entered into the second day. I know it's weird and your, your head is spinning. Take the picture home with you and meditate on it for nine years. <laughs> and you still won't get it. <laughs> 
but you'll get something. All right. So whatever all of that is, Jesus was raised from the dead, and there's something else that happened. He's raised, and in his new spirit body, it was a body, and it still had the scars, still had the scars in his hand and the, and the rip in his side. He still had, it is his earthly, physical body transformed. And Paul says that our mortal bodies will also be transformed like his spiritual body. And I'll just add once again, I have no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) But take it home, and I have spent more than nine years meditating on this, and I still don't get it, but I know it is there, and it is true. I can't explain it. That's why uh, I love the passage that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on what you think you know. That's my personal translation. Don't lean on what you think you know. Your understanding, your ability to figure it out. Well, I can't figure this out. I know I can't either. He's got it all, so I'm just going to trust it to him. All right. So he was raised... And for 40 days, he's not yet ascended. He's walking. And what does his new body look like? Well, he's dressed in a gardener's uniform. It looks like a gardener or some stranger walking beside you on the road to Emmaus. He is not recognizable. Until something happens in you that you see what you're looking at. Don't think just because you looked at it, you saw it. And once again, I have no idea what that means. But there's something here that I want to leave with you today. We are part of the new thing. When Jesus was raised from the dead, the new heaven and the new earth is now a reality in him. And he imparts to the church by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. After he has ascended, he poured out the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit commissions us equips us and send us to deal with the living and the dying. And that's why I was real excited this morning when Jan came in. Uh, God already began to work with her on this before she came this morning. The physical body has to submit to the spirit of the living God. Yeah, and we all are ministers of the gospel. Now, I can't go preach to the dead, 
but I don't need to. Jesus already did that. When did he do that? Whoever's dead. Now, I don't want to go there. I know. I told you from the beginning, this is so big, I don't think any of us even almost understand it. And so we just have to sit down, relax, and uh, allow him to be who he is. And one of the major points today is that Jesus is a brother to the dying. And if you have friends, relatives who have gone on, and you do, maybe even you don't even know who they are. Every one of us have a father and a mother. Some of them have already gone over there. Uh, every one of us have a grandmother and a grand, two grandmothers and two grandfathers. And we have great, great, we have many who have gone on before us. He is their brother. And I have no idea what it means that Jesus preaches to them. I'm not even going to try to solve that. But I want you to see, in Christ, there is a community. And Jan came in this morning talking about community, about being united. Jan, you had the word this morning. You really did. We are one in the spirit, we are one in the Lord. And that means if there's someone among us who have a dying process that has become, we are here for you. If you're grieving over someone who's already gone, we are here for you and we're here for them. Peter talks about, is it, uh, Paul talks about praying for the dead. Now, I'm not getting into purgatory and all of that. I didn't write 1 Corinthians either. <laughs> what I'm trying to help you see is what we're into is bigger than any of us know. And we need to be open for him to come to us and help us see something we have not seen before. Okay. Now, they picked up stones and were going to stone Jesus when he told some of the truth he knew. And I hope you guys didn't bring stones with you. Actually, I know you guys. You wouldn't do that even if you had the stones. I hope. <laughs> Rotten tomatoes, maybe. So Jesus preached to the dead, and that is First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 14, and chapter 4, verse 6, which we have read. Now, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 very quickly. Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? 
And I, I think Paul here, actually he's quoting a scripture, but there's almost like mocking death. Nanny, nanny, nanny. You thought you had us, didn't you? You thought you won. Ha, ha, ha. He who sits in heaven laughs. Death is swallowed up. And it goes on to say, the sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. And Jesus dealt with both. He nailed the law to the cross. And he forgave and released us from all of our sins. So, hey, death, what you going to do with that? (sighs) And I think, I honestly believe, what God is about to do, and I'm not a prophet, so don't take this as a prophecy. It's just I'm trying to meditate on this and figure out exactly what does that mean for where we are today. I think in the very near future, we're going to see more miracles than we've ever seen before. The world-wide miracles are going to happen, and they're not just going to be simple. I had a bad cold, and he healed it in seven days. (laughs) It's not... My arm was broken. He fixed. I didn't have an arm, and I grew a new arm. Yes, 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 I have no idea what's coming, but it's going to be moving closer to that new heaven and new earth because it's already here. Whenever Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand, he was speaking of himself. But then he gave us, go preach the kingdom and tell them. So when we preach, the kingdom of God is at hand, which means it's within reach, but the people we're talking to need to reach out. The healing is coming. Raising of dead people. Uh, New arms, new legs, not just broken arms fixed. I mean, there's something huge coming. And it's going to be worldwide. It's going to be big. I want to be a part of it. I know I'm one of the older ones, not yet dying. (laughs) But there's some things going on in my body sometimes. I wonder, you with me on that? I want to see it. And for me to see it, I need you guys who are younger, who have more energy, to get with the program, jump in there, and let's get this job done. Let's move into the fullness of what God has for us, whatever that means. So take the picture home and start thinking, not in terms of, oh, how bad things are here in the earth. Yeah, they're bad. They've always been bad. Always. There's always been earthquakes. There's always been tsunamis. There's always been wars, rumors of war. Always. There still are. Let's start looking to the new heaven and the new earth and start dwelling there. And from there, speak into this world so that this world will be transformed into that world. I think I'm done.
think you have done exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or imagine. Thank you. <laughs> if you can figure out what I said, you can tell them. Uh, well, there's a recording. We can listen again. <laughs> Thank you, Fount. Are you expectant? Let me give you a little nugget to sort of the cherry on the top of the beautiful dessert that Fount has tempted us with today. On the road to Emmaus, Jesus opened their eyes to what they needed to see. And they begged him to stay with them. And that was when they got the revelation. So it's a two-way street. Ask Jesus, open the eyes of my heart. Even you found, he stood up here and said multiple times, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I don't know what you're talking about either, but Jesus, open the eyes of our hearts because it's much bigger than we think. It's much bigger than we think. And I love that you've given us that, yeah, there's much more coming, much more coming. And then, Jesus, stay with us. Keep on doing what you do <laughs> so that we can join in. If you're up for that, I'd like you to stand with me and I'm going to pray. And part of this, you may get a nudge to go and agree with somebody else. And if you get that nudge, please act on it because... Jesus is waiting for us to cooperate with him so that we move from this into this. <laughs> Jesus, thank you that you are the only one who can open the eyes of my heart, our hearts, to the fullness of what you've done because it is so much bigger than we've seen or imagined. But our hearts are warmed by the glimpse of what you've done and we want more. We want more on your terms, not our terms. And so we ask you, Jesus, we urge you, Jesus, stay with us, show us, reveal yourself to us and reveal yourself through us. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom expand in each of our lives. Your influence, your presence, your power let it be multiplied in every life in this room as we open our hearts to you, as we open our hands to you, as we open our lives to you. Have your way in me. Why don't you repeat that? Jesus, have your way in me. And Jesus, have your way through me. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here in me as it is in heaven in jesus name amen now as practice for what you're going to do when you walk through that door i would like you to bless somebody else in this room with something god gives you to bless them with it might be a prophetic word it might be just an encouragement it might be a hug but don't leave till you've encouraged somebody and then as you go expect to do it for somebody you don't yet know Go.